1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
2: fun entertaining knowledgeable all right oh right yeah
1: right live and local it's time for the fan morning show with bart winkler
3: Good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Earn co op credit for work experience at Lakeland.edu. Talking Milwaukee Brewers baseball, and when I'm talking Milwaukee Brewers baseball, there's no person I'd rather talk with than Tim Allen from the
2: Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Timmy, what's going on? What's happening, Toby Wan? It is, uh, well, it's a, a Tuesday morning in which. The Brewers' uh, games are being magnified as we move along, not only in the season but in the series and in the stretch and the dog days and the pennant race. And These games are starting to get uh, just a little bit more magnified. That being said, uh, we talked about it last night on the show. I'm wondering why I wasn't as as, uh, emotional in last night's loss as I was on Sunday. I mean, it is the Cardinals. So that, that probably, probably plays a little bit of a part in that. But it's just like, okay, it's it's a big game, but is it as big as as the Cardinals series? Now, again, magnification of these games is going to accelerate as we move along. So maybe tonight's a different story.
3: Yeah, I mean, I sure, certainly hope so, but it, it's so hard to have faith. Tim, you and I have been beating the drum for this Brewers team saying that, look, there's a chance. Get them into the postseason, see what happens. At this point, the postseason isn't guaranteed anymore. And I want to have faith that this team can do stuff, but when they have games like last night where – Look, you had a decent outing from Freddie, just getting you four innings there. I, I know you'd like to see him go longer, but the the Dodgers were doing a good job of extending at-bats, and you're still getting him acclimated, but only giving up one run, all right? So then you turn it over to the bullpen, and then Willie Adamas throws one away, and I, I was listening last night, I'd agree, why is Trislecki in that game, in that sort of situation? But even so, I think he came out there and pretty much did his job, mm-hmm. outside of Willie throwing the ball away. Giving up four runs to the Dodgers, as stupid as it sounds, should be counted as a win when you look at that hitting staff. And yet the Brewers can't even manage a single run. And so it doesn't even matter if you only gave up one or two, you didn't stand a chance. And it's just tough to have faith in this team when in the second half, at least you'd seen an offense come out and be consistently putting up something for this pitching staff. And now it looks like they're, you know, I I know it's only been four games now of real struggles with the Cardinals series and then one game against the Dodgers, but it looks like that offense is trending towards being the offense we saw in that first half again.
2: Yeah, and and they had big stretches, big window of time where the offense did exactly this. Runners on uh, uh, third with less than two out, uh, table set, first and second no outs. You don't even come away with anything in a lot of those situations. We went through that. Uh, in the first half in a, in a big window, then they got it together and you could see some of the, uh, you know, potential of this offense and you know, it, it, sometimes you have to work with, and this is just me and I know a lot of people are are really calling for the small ball and, and, you know, however you define that because there's different definitions of how you define the small ball, but. I think it's situational. And, and in last night's case, you know, you're you're down one zip and not it's not panic time per se. But I think uh, a message sent across the diamond when you answer back a little bit, your offense has been struggling. So if you know that, instead of just riding it out, being a little more on the bullheaded side, trusting, giving your guys confidence, that all plays a part, and I, I can appreciate that. But sometimes it's, hey, man, I need to get this even. I need to somehow get this even and answer this Dodger team back. It gives my pitching staff a little more confidence on the mound as well. And and I would have bunted. I really would have with with Willie up there, two on, nobody out. Just get a runner over and uh, leave it up to McCutcheon to get get the ball in play, get that score back to 1-1. One, one. But that's me. That's just we all know that's not Craig Council. It's, it's just not going to happen. I would have done it. Just because it's more than just the 1-1 one, one tie, it's a message sent across, across the way. This was, a, this was a big game in that, you know, you couldn't get through the first inning again. First inning of the first game of a series. That, that might get to me uh, more than a lot of things in baseball. I, I think that means a lot. And, and those of you that have listened to me for many years, you know how I feel about that. Can you get through the first inning with a moderate pitch count and no runs on the board? It's always a struggle. And when you fall behind, he had two outs. Pitch count was a little heavy, but then it's a, then it's a solo shot from Freddie Freeman. And, and you're like, oh, man, see, Dodgers set a tone here, and off we go. Now, you mentioned you know, that, that uh, four-run uh, output by the Dodgers, and I think you're right in that that gives you a chance to win. And now it's late on the, uh, on the offense. The pitching, uh, I will say on a positive note, uh, Jason Alexander saved a lot of arm in that bullpen yep. last night. He really did. Now, why wasn't he the first to call uh, out of the pen in that fifth inning? Maybe it would have made the difference, I, I, you know, in terms of that one unearned run given up by Streslecki, Tim Tim Shea's boy. He's a big <laughs> Peter Strzelecki fan. That's my he's, boy. He's wearing a Strzelecki jersey. <laughs> <Yep. today> too. <laughs> got it on today. <laughs> that's that's right. But, I, I mean, maybe it makes a difference. Probably not. You need to actually score to win a baseball game. So that's that's where it lands. But thank goodness for Alexander. And you need to answer. Now, this is pretty important, too. Is this game tonight as big as Saturday night's game with Burns on the hill to even up the series against the Cardinals? I don't think so if you're going to measure – The magnitude and size of of this game tonight, but it's a pretty sizable game. It really is. And Woody, I mean, absolutely outstanding since coming off the I.L. He, again, is going to give you a good chance to win. And those of you doing a side-by-side comparison, wow, take a look at what money can buy in batting averages up and down that lineup. Boy, just money (laughs) well spent there. Isn't that funny?
3: Yeah, that's definitely the truth. You look at that Dodgers lineup and... I mean, it is spectacular, and like you said, it's money bought. I mean, some of it's trades and stuff that they've done, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, when you can spend the money like the Dodgers can and have, then you can win those games like that because you have the guys. You do have them. I want to get your thoughts on this, Tim, because if there's two things we've seen out of the Brewers this year in their offense, I I don't know if it's posted in their clubhouse or something, but it seems like their two big tenets are the long ball and patience at the plate, right? They hit lots of homers, and you hear this stat brought up all the time. The Brewers see the most pitches per at-bat in teams in the majors. In general, I think that's a good idea. I think having patience at the plate is good. But do you think that's maybe an outdated philosophy to have at this point, Tim? Because you think back to the older days, you think back to 70s, 80s, 90s, and even just 10 years ago, when you had a guy coming out of the pen, he might be a soft thrower, he might have one or two pitches, that are okay, but in general, you want to see the reliever. Now, you might get the starter out of the game, and don't get me wrong, you want to get Julio Arias out of that game because he's a stud, but in general, when you bring in these relievers now, they're all throwing 98 and got a wipeout slider. Is that maybe an outdated philosophy that the Brewers need to look at of maybe trying to ambush these guys a little bit more as opposed to trying to get them out of the ball game because getting into the bullpen, I don't even know if it's as,
2: as good of an accomplishment anymore as it used to be. Against Strzelecki, uh, leadoff hitter swung uh, two of the first four pitches. Second batter swung three of the first five pitches. The batter swung two of the first four. Now, now, I don't know if you by definition want to call that the ambush or the attack. Maybe you would. I go back to the Cardinals series and Matt Bush in the game. Look what the Cardinals did late in that, that uh, I think it was game one. 10 of 12 pitches, all 12 pitches uh, thrown by Matt Bush, 10 of them were swings by the Cardinals. There's, there's foul balls, there's swings and misses. It's certainly in there. There's balls in play, obviously. 10 of 12. It, it does seem like the kiss of death sometimes when Craig Council says his game plan you know, it's 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 sitting there with Euchre on the flagship on the on the pregame show and Euchre says, Well, you know, Craig, what's what's your plan against this cat? And he's like, Well, we gotta show some patience. That usually is um a bunch of strikeouts <laughs> and about a two to three run total. Yeah. <laughs> because because I, I just I don't believe I've seen it. Now someone could do the math and, and do the research on it. I don't think there's been a situation uh at all that I can recall and I and I do kind of follow this sort of thing that a, a Brewers offense swung at 10 of 12 consecutive pitches. I, I I don't I don't know. I maybe it's I'm I'm sure at some point it's happened but you know in a clutch situation you just see the attack and and these guys run on energy a little bit. This is the this is a chemistry makeup that is You know, Willie Adamas energy and smiling and let's go and let's look at McCutcheon. He's always on the attack. Maybe some of that can drip off into the rest of the lineup. But if that's the case, that this is an edict sent down from the manager, I think sometimes swivel from that and and just go get a guy. Just go get a guy, get him on his heels. and, And we just don't see that as much as some other teams.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see some changes, but at this point, I think they kind of are where they are at. And I know you're going to be the more positive one, and we've got plenty of negative people. But where do you stand with this team? Are they making the playoffs? You still think they got a good shot to be there?
2: Yeah, I questioned myself yesterday on the air, and that was, am I not upset because it's finally dawning on me? It's finally, uh, it's a complex issue for sure, but. You know, I've processed could it be that this team just isn't what it what it is and they're not gonna make the playoffs and that's why you're a little chill on a four zip loss to the Dodgers. And then I went, No, no, that's not the case. They're still a good baseball team. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with it. And as I said, you talk to me on September twenty fourth, let's check the situation there, right now. I do recall where this team has been. I do know uh, that two games back in the Central with 48 to play is in no way, shape, or form ever an opportunity to just throw in the towel and join the Dunn Club. It's just, it's just you, can't, you can't do that. Not, not in baseball. Too many weird things. Too many sideways things can go down, and you just never know. Now, I have given up, however. On the one or two seed. Now that part, I <laughs> might be headed back to my corner of the ring and grab that towel and just kind of throw it in a little bit. It, this, this, the wild card is not out of contention, and the division clearly is not out of contention. So, yeah, I, I, I argued with myself internally, and I won the argument, and I'm not giving in.
3: Talking with Tim Allen, the host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball post-game show here on the Bart Winkler Morning Show. Toby Altizer filling in for him. Tim, I'm going to play you a highlight from last night. I know it's not going to be a highlight you like, but here, here's what I'm talking about. If it'll play. Hold on. Here we go. In the left center, long run for Yelich looking up, and it is gone. Gavin Lux,
2: the Wisconsin kid hitting a two-run home run. Dodgers double their lead. Went the opposite way against the
3: lefty. Am I missing something? Uh, does Gavin Lux play for the Brewers now? or My ears are hurting. <laughs> Is that a little odd that Ampham sounded super? I get the local kid angle. I do get that. And cool that he gets the homer
2: in his home state.
3: But come on. Well, I... Are we cheering for the Dodgers now? Like, what's going
2: on? I, uh, I know Gavin. I've had him on the air. Uh, I went to high school with his with his mom. Um, my son plays played ball with him and and against him, and I got to admit, a uh, good kid, really really good dude, and and a hard worker, and got some great advice from his uh, uncle, Augie, who was a uh, first round selection by the Blue Jays back in the day. He, he got some really good guidance and a, and a good kid, and and that's uh, sort of a homecoming of sorts. He'd been there before, but. Uh, homecoming of sorts with that with that long ball there. Uh I I like him like right now this minute. But we can get him in the batters box against the Brewers. Can't stand that kid. <laughs> I hate him, you know? I, I mean he would understand that too, but yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I'm sure a lot of ticket requests out for for Gavin and I'm sure his family is always always there. It's right in the neighborhood here uh for him, but uh yeah, that that was that was something. I I heard uh even even the announcers uh, occasionally last night say that a lot of Dodger blue in this audience a lot of dodger blue well guys it's 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 easy to be a fan of a lineup like that i mean it just it just is and and that's the problem with baseball and I'll go back to it this is this is the one time toby, and we haven't gotten to it yet it's just been one one show one post game show against the Dodgers here this year. This is the opportunity to really take a a close, detailed look at the, at the economic structure of baseball, how absolutely unfair this is. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't even I, – I can't it, – it's it, – we're losing common sense here, I think. If anyone – and I'm calling out writers, broadcasters – if you guys really believe that this is fair and, hey, just throw your hands up, that it's not a big deal, you're fooling yourself – all of you guys are fooling yourself. This is a $100 million difference in a season's payroll. This isn't a collective five-year stretch where a team spends $100 hundred million more in a five-year stretch. This is in a single season, $100 million difference in payroll. Someone needs to say enough, enough of that because the Brewers last I checked are part of the Major League Baseball system. They're not the generals to face the Globe Trotters every day, every year. They're, they're not in a position to just provide an opponent. That's not the, the state and the art of competition here. This is absolutely 100% unfair, and you mask it up, Major League Baseball, you mask it up with the stupid nonsense of, well, they're getting a luxury tax, or revenue sharing yeah it's it's ludicrous it, it really is now well, some some of it toby and i want to get your response too but some of this is is on uh you know the payroll system and structure mm-hmm. of your own organization and your ledgers and your profit and loss some of it is but the lion's share of this it's 100 percent not fair
3: well you're dead on because and, and this one hits home for me Milwaukee's always going to be at a disadvantage for this, but even some of the middle to bigger markets are not even being able Mm -hmm. to stand up to it. Why is a team in Washington, D.C., is D.C. a small market, Tim? Am I missing a huge
2: metropolitan area? So,
3: why is a team in D.C. not even able to afford only teams in L.A.? and New York can now afford these guys? Is that the only thing? And then San Diego, because they're the only team in San Diego, can find a way, but they're still in California, so they just find a way. Chicago
2: could, but they're just choosing not to. They've got revenue out out of their tails, and they just choose not to.
3: And, And that's what's so crazy is you can pick out a couple markets that say, you know what, they can afford the guys. And then if you have a few of them, like the Chicago, that decide that they're not going to, then they all just end up on two or three teams, and they're all in L.A. or New York. And that's fantastic for Major League Baseball when they think, oh, yeah, well, we got the New York teams that's good. We got the L.A. teams that are good. Maybe that's we'll have another Subway baseball. series, and that's great for us, so that's good for baseball. Yeah. And it's no, just not. No. It's not. No. Like, being able I'm to watch these guys and spread it out, like, how awesome was it? It might not have been awesome for the NBA, but how awesome was it to see the Bucks win a championship? And I think that was a very popular win. You know, people are going to come out and say various things, but seeing a guy in Giannis Antetokounmpo decide to stay in Milwaukee and win a championship here, I think, meant a lot to, obviously, the people in Wisconsin, but a lot of fans like Giannis more because of it. Are you ever going to have something like that with baseball, or is it just going to be that every guy that is like that just because of the amount of money that they can be offered more by another organization ends up playing for the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees? I don't
2: either. No, no. You can't blame the players at all. No nobody I don't I don't think anybody in their right mind is gonna blame a player. Now, after you're a veteran, uh seasoned guy, you've made a ton of money, you got a bunch of money, yeah, you know, maybe you wanna go home and, and you accept a little less and Maybe you grew up in the Pittsburgh area, and that's been your dream to play for the Pirates. I, that part of it I get. But I don't blame these guys for throwing their hands out there and people just piling money onto it. Not at all. It's a flaw in the system. And, and again, I you could probably hit up on Twitter or wh- whatever, some social media or, uh, saying Tim's whining about the economic structure of the game. Again, and that's fine. But uh, don't fool yourself. You're foolish if you think this is fair. And and this this – this nonsense of well well look at the the royals did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, yeah, the blind squirrel. He's gonna run across. He's gonna be be, be wandering around and bouncing off, uh, off fences in your backyard. He's gonna he's gonna step on an acorn once in a while, he's gonna find it. That's essentially what's going on. It's a bunch of blind squirrels trying to make things line up for a given year. And then it just goes away. It, ju- it just goes away because, you know, you got, you got markets like Philadelphia, even just pouring money in just absolute, just sieves of money just going in. And then you have the brewers, which again, as I said, just real quick, as I said, part of this is on, on the ownership. If they want to invest more money, they're welcome to do that. However, that has to be balanced. Uh, in, in a in a singular type situation you 're not going to you as a business owner wouldn 't pour money in just to prove a point into your business. You would pour money in if you 're going to have a return on it. Mm-hmm. Does Adanaasicio get a big return if he 's going to float a bunch of his reserve money into his business there 's no guarantees of that. he wants financial certainty also and that 's what he doesn 't get if he 's going to go ahead and i 'm sticking up for him a little bit. If he's going to go ahead and try and match the Dodgers, that from a business standpoint would be insane. He would not make any money for years if he did that.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's for certain. One last one for you here, Tim. Looking at center field, big problem. You've advocated for it. I've talked about it a little bit. One of these prospects, Freilich, whoever it is, I know we want them up. What are the chances we actually see any of those guys?
2: There might be, I talked to Adam McAlvey yesterday, and he's thinking Terang might be one of those guys. Kind of a hidden sleeper kind of prospect, flying under the radar a little bit. I think at some point you have to look at the numbers and you have to say, what is Jonathan Davis providing us? He's not providing us really anything now, right? And I've never talked to the guy. I'm sure he's a good dude. Nice defensive glove. But what is he providing now, which is almost nothing, hardly ever plays, but also is he even a sliver of a chance to help the future? And so you have a twofold situation here. Does he help now, and is he part of the future? And I think the answers would be no on both of those. So that being said, where do you benefit from bringing Garrett Mitchell or Weimer or Freelich or whoever? Where do you benefit with that? Well, at least you can benefit as he's part of the future and getting his feet wet in the big leagues and just starting that process here. As long as you're not going to play him anyway, which you're not in Jonathan Davis' situation, so why not bring the other guy up so he at least gets his, gets his uh, feet wet in the big leagues, as I said, and, and starts his career. And, oh, by the way, maybe he comes up with a hit here and there. Maybe he hits the ground running. Now, I will say this, that this is something to keep your eyes on with, with Jackson Chorio who is the number two prospect, according to Baseball America, in all of baseball, and he's, he's a Brewer product. He's 18 years old, and he's the number two prospect in all of baseball. Let's keep an eye on this. Toby, I know you will. You've seen the Juan Soto at a young age mm-hmm. hit the ground running. We've seen it, uh, Bryce Harper hit the ground running. These guys find themselves in an all-star game, having banner years at 20 and 21 years old. If he's the number 2 prospect now at 18, let's see how they handle this or is it a, a a regimented system here that they waggle their fingers at us that say, "Hey, bring him up, bring him up." No, we have a system here. They must play X amount, they must X amount of games before they come up to the big leagues. They need to taste every level of the minor leagues before they get here they have to have certain metrics before they get here all of those things and which may or may not be the case i don't know what their their schematics are on that but you have finally a chance at this very moment in time check back in a couple of months in the off season Chorio maybe maybe drops to number 18. but let's watch this to see how the brewers handle a stud prospect it's it's fascinating to me to see how that's going to turn well, out. What, uh, what do you think, Toby, they're going to do? I,
3: I think he's going to – I would hope that by – I don't know the next year is realistic at 19, but we saw Soto come up at 19. Mm-hmm. If he's still tearing it up, I'd love to see him. Here's the thing. When Juan Soto came up, you'd mentioned Bryce Harper. He's the number one pick. He's expected to be a stud. He comes up. Juan Soto wasn't. I remember people in D.C. were thinking – Wow, the Nats are overreacting to an injury and bringing this dude up too early. And then he played himself into a spot and he never left.
2: Ne- never never looked back, right.
3: You know who reminds me of something like that? A guy like a Sal Frelick. A guy who just hits. He just finds a way. And mm-hmm. if you give a guy a shot in the big leagues, he might not work. But guess what? Like you said, Jonathan Davis. He's not working either. So, if anything, and what's, what's the part worst? Of the future. Exactly. If, if anything, what's the worst that happens? He bats two fifteen, and you send him back down to the minors and say, "Hey, you know, at least you got your feet wet. We'll figure it mm-hmm. out again next year." Like I, I don't see the cons to this. And if you're saying, "Well, you don't want to start the service timer on him," okay, that's fine. But you've got five or six outfielders. <laughs> you've got them. So it why just... wouldn't you
2: at least try it? and you've been struggling to get some augmented help out of your farm system in terms of position player group. So this is this is a legit shot at that at that. You have a legit shot not only with him, but I, I I think I think everyone would agree that the Brewers farm system is much much improved. Yeah. Um on on the position player side. So, you know, give tinker with this. Well, it's it's more Toby than you know, just hitting the big leagues. I I, I think we we underestimate uh, environment, and mm-hmm. and that's that's part of the process. Is you know these these guys need to get up and and find out where I'm going to sleep tonight. You know that that's a transition, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, Tim, they get paid a bunch a bunch of money, and you can handle it." No, that, I mean they're they're human beings. They need to know where am I going to? Where's home? Yep. Where's home? Where? Where can I go grocery shopping? Where where are some restaurants? All these things play a part in their comfortable sort of uh, grasp of things. And you know, the the quicker you get these guys to do that and I always bring this example up over the years, Toby, it's like these guys even, even to the point where it's like Where's the bathroom around here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's little things like that. Where do I get my, my money? Is, is it food? Where, where, where do you guys want to eat? What time? When, when does the bus leave? All those things come into play. And the quicker you get those things out of the way, the quicker they can focus on the field.
3: Yeah, and real quick, I'll let you go in just a second. You traded for Asturio Ruiz, too, a guy that's already been in the majors. He's Why wouldn't right you consider there. him?
2: I think that's the guy, if I had to put a, put my finger on it, I think that's the guy. And it, uh, everyone's going to accuse Stearns of trying to save face on the trade. So I'm buckled in and prepared for that. But I think, I think it's probably going to be Ruiz.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch down the stretch. Hopefully we're covering this team into October, but who knows at this point, Tim?
2: <laughs> Never know. I mean, hey, I, I'm still eyeballing, let's see, uh, Saturday, November 5th is Game 7 of the World Series. You never know, man. Yeah,
3: I mean, I'd love for it to be the case. I would. I'm and not going to ho- you.
2: I, I, I'll tell you one thing right now. I, uh, I I booked a trip to Las Vegas, and my departure date is Saturday, November 5th. So I Oof. want to make sure that I got all seven, just in case the Brewers go seven, <laughs> to to, to kind of hose out the New York Yankees that day. I can stay here and then get to Vegas.
3: I love it. Tim, appreciate the time, man. All right, Toby. Great job. You heard from Tim Allen. He's the host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Also want to remind you that right now on the fan, it's a 7 a.m. Wendy's What's for Breakfast hour. Is it a Wendy's breakfast baconator combo or is it a new Wendy's hot honey-chicken-biscuit combo kind of day, that's sweet with a kick of heat. Any of the Wendy's breakfast combos, now you know what's for breakfast at Wendy's. One guy we mentioned in there, Giannis Antetokounmpo, we didn't get a chance to talk about some of his comments from over the weekend yesterday. We'll talk about some interesting things he had to say next on the Bart Winkler Morning Show with Toby and Tim. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
0: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: 1250 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea. Here on the Bart Winkler Show and the Lakelands University Studios earn co-op credit for work experience at lakelands.edu. And it is the 7 a.m. Wendy's What's for Breakfast Hour here on The Fan. Is it a Wendy's Breakfast Baconator Combo Day or a new Wendy's Hot Honey Chicken Biscuit Combo Day? Any of the Wendy's Breakfast Combos, now you know what's for breakfast at Wendy's. 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250 if you want to call in or tweet us at 1250 a.m. The Fan. Something that was interesting, we didn't get a chance to really talk about yesterday yesterday, with all the Brewers talk and talking about the first preseason game for the Packers, had some interesting comments from Giannis and Tedekumpo over the weekend. Where did this come from? I'm not exactly sure what this press conference was at. Was it where was this? I, was he in Greece or I don't Europe know what he was doing. Maybe he was at that, that, still doing that tournament EuroBasket thing. Yeah. I don't know. But either way, there was a press conference of some sorts where Giannis and was asked about maybe playing in Chicago one day, and here are some of his comments. I think uh, anybody who asks that question uh, that plays basketball, if he said no, he would be he'd be a liar. You know, uh, it's a team that, that won uh, multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to ever play this game played for. So, it's 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 a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago but down the line. You. You never know, you know. You never know how life brings it. Maybe, maybe I play for Chicago, but uh, right now I'm committed to Milwaukee. All right. So coming off of that, is there anything there? Is that something to worry about? No. I, I don't think so either. But is there maybe a little bit of something there? I, I, I don't really think that there is. Maybe you're a little worried again. You can give us a call at 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM the fan. I kind of think this has the same tone, Tim, that we've heard him give in the playoffs. We've heard him give in other press conferences of I don't know what the future holds. Who knows? You know, we heard him talk about, and I got frustrated with him during the playoff run. Like, dude, stop saying that you're not the best player in the world. You are the best player in the world. Start owning it. But that's just who Giannis is. He's gonna be a humble guy. And when he looks at it, I don't know the future. He talks about that in playoff series. He'd be like, yeah, I mean, we could win. We could lose. Who knows? I don't know the future. And I think that's kind of what this is as well. I don't know that there's a whole lot to take away from this. I mean, he mentioned Chicago, and I think it would be cool if you're an athlete and you're someone that grew up during, you know, watching Jordan and the Bulls, of course. Yeah, it'd be cool to throw on a Bulls uniform and play the same place that Michael Jordan played. Yeah, so I I get where he's coming from, but... At the same point, I don't think this means that he's leaving for Chicago. You know, And the good part is, maybe it's just because it's not the NBA season and football's kicking off pretty soon. I didn't really see a ton of overreaction, even from just national pundits. Like I didn't see people just going nuts, like, oh, Giannis is leaving. Like I think you saw some little bits and pieces here and there, but I don't think in general this has any sort of Meaning that Giannis is going to end up leaving Milwaukee anytime soon. Like I think he's committed to play for the Bucks as long as his contract, and then after that, who knows? But I wouldn't think that this just means that down the road you got to expect Giannis to be out of Milwaukee and headed to Chicago. I, I just don't think that there's a whole lot that, I mean, maybe there. Should be a little bit of worry just because he mentioned it, but I, I think this is different with a, another athlete. Like, if we're talking about someone else other than Giannis Tetacumpo and someone that we've covered for a while, you know, if this is Chris Middleton that says this, I think there's something there. If this is Drew Holiday or someone like that that says this, I think there's something there. But with Giannis saying this and just the various things that he's had to say in the past, I don't know that there's a lot there. I I really don't. I just don't think that this doesn't mean that, oh, Giannis is leaving for Chicago as soon as he gets the chance or Giannis wants out of Milwaukee. And I saw someone else tweet out, too, that I think it's interesting. This is almost like a backhanded way for Giannis to say to John Horst, you better not fall asleep at the wheel. You better keep going for it. Every single year I'm trying to win a championship, and if you're not, well... You're not guaranteed to keep me in Milwaukee. I don't think that's necessarily the full extent of what Giannis is trying to do here. I don't think he's going out of his way to say, hey, Horst, make sure you keep putting that winning basketball team out there. I don't know that he's just continually prodding him about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a little bit of the seed that he plants there is saying like, hey, we're going to still be competitive as long as I'm here, right? Because if not, I've got other options. It was kind of like that what Jerry Jones quote with Mike McCarthy. Hey, if we didn't believe in him, he wouldn't be the head football coach here. I have choices. I've got choices. Believe Mm -hmm. me, I've got choices. Like, what the heck is that supposed to mean? Don't say that with your head coach right there. But I think that's kind of where it's at with Giannis. Like, if he needed to go somewhere else, wanted to go somewhere else, he could. But I don't think this means that he's leaving Milwaukee. I mean, if you want to talk about it, you can. I don't really think there's a whole lot there. But I think that is an interesting clip from him talking about possibly playing for the Chicago Bulls down the road. Maybe that is something you'd see. I don't know that I'd be frustrated with him if he left at the end of this contract. How old would he be in his 30s? Like, if he decided to go somewhere else? Tim, would you be mad if Giannis ended up leaving after the end of this contract?
5: Not at all. Not at all. He did. He's done so far what, what he needs to do.
3: He's going to be a legend in Milwaukee uh-huh. pretty much no matter what he
5: does. Oh, he's getting a statue. He's going to get his number retired. He's going into the Hall of Fame. He's He's getting everything. Yeah, so, so I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't.
3: i do not know that he ever leaves, but even if he does, I don't think that just sours everyone if, on Giannis. If he
5: never leaves, he'll be a legend in this city.
3: I mean, he's going to be a legend either way. Yes,
5: but, but but if he never leaves, like he is going to be the guy.
3: Yeah, um, I think that would be really cool if he never went anywhere else and he is the face of Milwaukee he sports. Might, he might be the greatest Wisconsin sports athlete ever. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be up there. He's got to be up there. I'd still take Aaron Rodgers.
5: If he if he stays his entire career though and wins another championship.
3: Okay, well, he's got to win another champ. If he wins two and Rodgers only wins one. Mhm. But I mean, I guess you can say I mean, MVP there some... awards. There's four MVPs for Rodgers. Giannis yeah. should should have won more than just what two.
5: There are people out there that think there's old some 82 Brewers that are, you know, the the greatest Wisconsin athlete out there. And they never even won a championship. Robin Young, Paul Molitor, Gorman Thomas.
3: Yeah, true. That is true. So. I don't know. I mean, he you, you definitely go down as probably, in my opinion, the greatest Milwaukee athlete of all time. I don't think there would be any question yeah, about that. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I mean, that'd be a fun discussion we'll have at some point. But let's save that for once we're kind of talking about these guys and reminiscing. <laughs> I think that uh, Giannis could get there. He absolutely could. I'm excited to watch him again this year. They've got some games on Christmas this year. We'll talk about that coming up next. I'm excited to see what they got coming up on Christmas Day. And, I mean, basketball is going to be fun to have back because now you're going to have a motivated Bucks team again.
5: And you have a team that will, well, I don't know,
3: will actually win, right? <laughs> yeah, a team that is actually competitive and not just thinking about bites at the apple. Gosh, man, I can't Stop. stand that mantra. I really can't. And yes, I get that that's the baseball thing compared to basketball, and basketball's got a salary cap, but... And I, I still come back to this, too. Because we talked about this the day when we celebrated that year anniversary of the championship last season. Do you think that a Brewers World Series would honestly touch that? It might. I don't think it would. It's a and whole... I think it's because of the guy we just heard from, Giannis. It...
5: It's it's hard it's hard to say. because well, Giannis tell, chose but, Milwaukee. Yeah,
3: I mean, like I guess if Yelich were the same guy and he did something like that, if he were still playing at that MVP level and he led you to a World Series, maybe you could say something like that. And but I just don't think you could touch that championship because Giannis is that guy that everyone loves. You can't even hate the guy, even the people that. Dislike the Bucks and dislike Giannis the player. Can't dislike Giannis the guy. And so he chose to stay in Milwaukee. He finished the job, and I think it's hard for me to say that anything's going to touch that because he accomplished his goal. He wanted to stay in Milwaukee and win a championship. He wanted to stay here. He didn't. He could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere. He was the most coveted guy in the NBA, and he said, "You know what? I'm choosing Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm staying there. I've got a job to finish, and he finished it. And he's a humble guy about it. You know, he's the same guy that." wins an MVP and everyone's talking to him about it the next year. He said, I don't want to be called MVP anymore. I'm not the MVP this year. That was last year. Let's focus on what's going on now. And I think that's kind of the same exact thing that you hear in this answer here. That same guy that's saying all that is what's saying this and that, yeah, I mean, sure down the road, maybe I could play for Milwaukee, but right now I'm playing for or Chicago, but right now I'm playing for Milwaukee. So that's where I'm locked in. That's where I'm dialed in. If that down the road that happens, it happens. Otherwise, Great, but I'm just going to focus on playing for Milwaukee right now, and I think it's a good spot to be in if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, having this guy as your superstar. Sure, it might be frustrating to hear some of these comments like this because sometimes he's a little too honest with the media and stuff like that, but hey, man, I will take that with Giannis over a lot of other stuff you get with other NBA superstars, that's for sure. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, the Bucks are going to be playing on Christmas. We'll talk about that. We'll get into some Badgers football coming up in the next hour. And, of course, we'll get into some Packers as well. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan with Toby Altizer and Tim Shea. More comes up next. 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea, live here from the Lakeland University Studios, talking with you guys about the Milwaukee Bucks. Talking about the Giannis thing, I don't know there's a whole lot there. But one thing that is cool, and I guess one way that you can know that you've made it into the NBA's elite, is when you get Christmas games day or year after year after year after year. You get another one this year for the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking at the Christmas Day games for this year, and that's Slate. This according to Shams Karani of The Athletic. The Bucks will play the Celtics. The Sixers will play the Knicks. Suns will play the Nuggets. Lakers at Mavericks. And Grizzlies at Warriors. So that'll be fun to have another Christmas Day game. You're going to have Bucks, Celtics, and you're also going to have the Packers on
5: Christmas. And it sounds like they might kind of match up. Yeah. Just I'm... kind of run into each other.
3: Do you like that the NFL is trying to take over Christmas now? I do. You do? Yeah. I kind of don't. I was, uh, like the, I was like, for me, the one holiday that was like, all right, this is a basketball holiday.
5: The more sports, the better.
3: I get it, but Christmas is something that, like, it's hard for me to get on board with, like, watching TV all day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, Thanksgiving I can get on board with, because if nothing else, you just eat and then go sit in the living room and watch football, watch football all day. And mm-hmm. I'm totally down for that. <laughs> like, that's that's great. But Christmas is more like... Hanging out with family, opening gifts and everything. I feel bad if it's just like, leave me alone. I'm well, watching the Packers. <laughs> it's only three hours. I mean. Well, basketball's on all day, and all now there's day. three football games. Exactly.
5: I like it. I just sometimes. Do you I, not have some, family, some, some, Tim? No. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: yeah. Do you not yep. love your family, too? <laughs> no, I do. It's just sometimes,
5: you know, you need to uh, get away for a couple hours from them.
3: Yeah, like all twelve. No, you can not watch all, all, all the,
5: twelve. All the basketball just, you and all know, the football the Packer games on, and then the Bucks game is on. So that'll take up most of the day. I'm fine with that.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just not a huge fan of them kind of taking over because for me it was open gifts and watch basketball all day. Now it's getting switched, and that football's in there. I'm not going to complain because I love football, but it does take away because for me when it comes to basketball, at least before I worked in the business here and uh, covered teams and everything that goes with that. That was kind of the start of basketball season for me. Like, I check everything out. I know what's going on. But Christmas was like, okay, now it's really time to lock in. It's been like a month and a half of basketball at that point. And so now – or two months of basketball at that point. Now it's really time to lock in. I don't like that they're taking over on Christmas Day. But the Bucks have another Christmas Day game. I think we already understood that they've made it. They obviously won NBA Finals, but they got another Christmas Day game. But the other thing that people are complaining about – The New York Knicks, they've got a game on Christmas. People are sick of seeing the Knicks on Christmas. I kind of think the Knicks are like the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, it might get old. Yeah, maybe they don't deserve the spotlight of playing on that holiday every single year, but this is just kind of what you get. And I think there's something iconic about playing at the Garden on Christmas Day. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the Knicks playing on that day. And now you've got this question, like, can they put the Nets on these games? Because Tim Shea was talking to me in the break that national TV providers are a little bit worried that I don't know if I want to put the Nets on national TV because a little bit worried that Kevin Durant might not be in town anymore. And talking about all those things, Kyrie Irving, who knows what happens with that Nets team? That is an interesting thing to watch. But I think that overall, I have no problem with that slate of games. It's going to be an interesting one to watch on, on Christmas. you got the Celtics and the Bucks. I mean, that gives you some intrigue. I think the Celtics play in the opening game, uh, opening night of the NBA season as well. So, I mean, overall, it's going to be an exciting time to have the NBA back. I mean, it's just nice now that we're starting to get back into this point where all the sports are starting to come back. You know, baseball's nice to have, and it's fun, and it usually comes with good weather in the summer, and that's awesome. But football season's starting to come back. Now we're starting to see the basketball schedules come out. Would
5: you enjoy if the—I was going to say Redskins. Commanders? Excuse me? Sorry. Commanders?
3: Yeah. it on Christmas? I'm always down. I'm, I'll drop everything Let's to see, watch them. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, but they're never going to be good enough to play on Christmas, so who knows? Yeah. 41467 like Thanksgiving. Yeah. I and mean, that's a
5: more prestigious, that's right? That's
3: against the Cowboys, and that's fun. I love that. I do love that. When it's against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, that's one of my favorite things. Cuz then you can wear the jersey to dinner and all the great stuff. I'm doing it anyways, but now you can actually have a reason to wear it. 4146771250. Let's get one phone call in here before we hit a break. Notebook, Mike is on the phone. Mike, what's going on?
4: Gentlemen. What's going I on, Mike. Think- you know, I like the Dolphins when they had the old uniform. I think they have the best uniform in the
3: whole league. The Dolphins? Yeah. I, I mean, really I, do. I don't mind some of them, but I don't mind some of the old school, but Chargers, man, come on.
4: Okay, that comes in second. <laughs> but uh, I liked when the Dolphin had the helmet on. Yeah, I now,
3: the 70s logos. You were just
4: saying, team's not good enough to play in Christmas. Yeah. When's the last time Miami was relevant?
3: Um, It's been a while.
4: thinking on. It's been a while. Uh, Maybe 20 years ago.
3: <laughs> They're going to be exciting to watch this year, at least on paper. I'm excited to see what they look like.
4: And I don't know if your call screen is right there. I was telling the Jets, yep. Jets, 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 in Miami, that was a huge rivalry. Because you got the Jets, you know, you're kind working, man. And then they figure Miami, they're sitting on the beach. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, a, what a Christmas day.
3: Yeah, are you a fan of having all the football games on Christmas Day? Or are you like that for a basketball day? Or are you always just well, anytime you can watch football? Have? I think there's three football games on oh, that my God. day. I think there's, what, like five or six basketball games?
4: I think they're overloading it because a lot of people do spend time with their family. I don't because I can't stand my sister. But well, geez, Mike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Overloaded. So what times the Packer game?
5: The, the yeah. Packer game's at noon. There are three games, so it's Packers Dolphins then, on Fox, Broncos okay, at and Rams. And when
4: plays when?
5: They they play at, at noon. Three? The Bucks will play at one thirty,
3: I think. That's that's tentative.
4: I might have to hook up two TVs.
3: All right, so but uh real real quick, yeah. here's what the games are. It's Bronco, or Packers, Dolphins, then Broncos, Rams, then Buccaneers, Cardinals.
4: That's pretty good. Uh real quick on Giannis. There's a quote tomorrow's never promised. hmm I don't care who you are. He could be a Laker in three years. He could be I don't think he'd play for Chicago because he probably doesn't like the cold weather. And the Lakers would give up the farm to get him. So, you know, you never know. Doesn't he have a brother playing there still?
3: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to end up going out there. He, he's not going to get traded, that's for sure. Kareem did. Okay, well, Kareem and Giannis are two different people.
4: And real quick, uh, this swoon by the Brewers, the Phillies won a World Series, and Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rounds, they went in the tank. Mm-hmm. Our old team's in the tank. The only one hustling is the bad boy. <laughs> and if I was called up by the Brewers and my family come and said, we want to come see you play, I'd get a milkman ticket. So at least you didn't see some muscle.
3: <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Mike, appreciate I the phone go to call, the man.
4: Doctor. Wish me luck.
3: Well, best of luck to you, Mike. Hope everything goes well. 414 677
5: 1250. The NFL's really <laughs> spreading out those Christmas games because Christmas this year is on a Sunday. Yeah. So normally you would have a slate of games. So they're playing those three games on Sunday, and then a full slate on Saturday. Now we're talking. There's there's a game on Thursday, and then there's a game on Monday.
3: Now we are talking. That's what I want. You're going to have your Christmas I want seven days a week of football. (laughs) That's what I want. Just find a way to do it. Seven days a week. And make the nights that are the least watched, just make those games the whack ones, like Lions, Jags, or something like that.
5: And that Broncos-Rams game. I'll still watch it. it Well, also, so it's on CBS, it will also... Yeah, Nickelodeon. I know
3: you're going to be watching that broadcast. Nickelodeon, <laughs> slime cast. <laughs> I can't deal with that. I can't. All right, we're going to take.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.